Well, folks, Kate Watson here. I am yet again coming to you from my house, feeling like the episode you're about to listen to maybe needs a little coronavirus-aware introduction. I made this same disclaimer about last week's episode, but I just want to say again, Leslie and I recorded these before social distancing was a thing trending on the internet. Uh, (laughs) We recorded this before Zoom happy hours were a normal thing. And this episode, believe it or not, is actually about how we communicate through technology. Uh, We had this idea to do this episode about a year ago, and we kept putting it off and prioritizing other things, and we finally decided to record it, and then three to four, I don't know, maybe five weeks later, well, technology is now pretty much the only way we communicate. Um, It's almost eerie to listen to this now, because even then, uh, when we recorded this, Leslie made a brilliant comment about how lonely it can feel to communicate through phones and computers. And at that time, she didn't even know that all of this isolation was on the horizon. Whew. So if we had known how much the world would change, maybe we would have done more research and tried to be better informed on our advice here. I don't know. Um, These are simply our thoughts about communicating through technology pre-coronavirus. But the theme is timely. It's about our tools for connection. And it's about the symbolic forms of connection we have, liking things, sharing things, emojis, memes. I have a strong feeling we will be circling back to this topic again eventually because... Let's face it, we are only now really beginning to understand the intricacies of communicating through phones and computers. And when we circle back, I'm sure there will be a whole segment on Zoom communication. For now, please enjoy this one. It seems timely for sure. And that is just a happy accident. Welcome back to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to the people in your life who you love and care about. 
My name is Kate Watson, and I am here with Leslie. We are enjoying some coffee and cheese on a lovely Sunday morning. And uh, thank you for being here with me, Leslie. Thanks, Kate. You know, I was thinking about recently um, how cut off we all feel being hyper-connected to each other at all times, day and night. <laughs> so let's lead off with that. Well, damn. <laughs> um, so wait, so I was, I was so caught up in what you said, hyper-connected. Yeah, we are. We are. We can reach people at any moment. Um, you're right, day or night. Uh, almost to a point where we expect a response from people very quickly. Um, we are used to getting immediate reactions. People aren't used to waiting anymore. We don't write letters and wait, you know, weeks for a response. And it's kind of changed the way that we connect with people. Yeah. And I think that there's this sort of superficial connection that goes on where you end up feeling more connected to the person that, you know, double taps your picture um, or that, you know, sends you emojis every morning um, than the people that actually care the most about us. And I was, I was thinking about um, during times of my life where I've, I've felt more emotionally um, fraught perhaps than, than other times and feeling so lonely staring at the computer box in my hand. My friends, I want my family, I want people to know that I am sad, that I need something, but I just did not know how to necessarily communicate that with them, even though I have 90 different apps on my phone that allow me to do that, including like the phone function or the text message function where I could say, hey, I need some joy in my life or I, you know, I'm feeling particularly sensitive right now um, or something. You know what I'm saying, Kate? Yeah. Okay. So I think we're talking about the ways that we try to connect with others through technology. Um, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk phone calls versus text messages. Okay. Some scenarios when maybe a phone call is better than a text message. Any ideas come to mind? I'm springing this on you. If your head is on fire, that's the only time I expect you to call me. <laughs> no, for real. You know, and I know that that's like hashtag millennial. Um, but um, if my phone rings and a friend is calling me, I'm like, what's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, so many things. Um Here's what I think we need to acknowledge. You and I are not a representative sample, okay? So you and I agree that phone calls suck. I hate when people call me. Someone calls me, I, I wanna yell, why are you not emailing me or texting me? What could possibly be the purpose of this phone call that you need my attention right now? Somehow, and maybe it's the millennials in both of us, a phone call to me feels demanding. Like, I need you now, Kate. And when I hear my phone, well, my phone doesn't ring. My phone doesn't make any sounds. When I see that I'm receiving a phone call, my first thought is, what makes you think you can insert yourself in my day right now? But I do think you and I need to acknowledge that the listeners are going to be more diverse than you and I are on this. Um, so... Let's think about what other folks might say that who are not Leslie and Kate, because you and I are like, don't you dare pick up the phone, call me, I'm not answering. It, you better be on fire. 
like my mom is so good at phone calls and this is like what i recall from my childhood is that like my mom oh my god she's amazing she would go to work she would work all day she would drive home she would immediately make dinner she would serve dinner she would clean up dinner let's be honest we were the worst um sorry mom uh and then as she finished cleaning up dinner she would say okay i'll come back for those pots and pans um i'm gonna but she would make phone calls so yeah i think that's like really amazing you know my mom was able to continue on these phone conversations and therefore nurture relationships of people that she wasn't seeing on a daily basis we moved to the middle of nowhere we had no no connections when i was like 10 so she still maintained these great relationships with people that she wasn't seeing I think we're acknowledging that some people are listening and think we are definitely wrong on this. And so I just want to put that out there that I, I in some ways agree that we, you and I might even be on the extreme on this one where we are like, please don't call me ever. Here's, here's what I'll admit. Um, sometimes I have a conversation that starts via text and then I realize this this one really would be better on the phone or even better in person. I mean, in person's my favorite. Like if I could make it, people just appear in front of me, that's yeah. the best way to speak. Um, and so sometimes I'll be in a text conversation where I realize this is a sensitive subject where tone of voice makes a big difference in how this is received. And if I'm texting, the person does not get my tone of voice. They might not realize I'm kidding or I'm smiling. And and so sometimes I'll say, you know what, I think the rest of this needs to happen on a phone call or even better face-to-face. So there are times where texts definitely have their limitations. Um, I don't know. Shall we move on to like social media stuff? Yeah. So... What do you do, Leslie, when you tune in? You don't tune into Facebook. What do you do? <laughs> you open Facebook. <laughs> you you turn the dial to Facebook. <laughs> Woo! I'm a hundred years old. You open Facebook and Facebook.com. Yeah, and you read something like a person who's just posted whatever f you, and that's the whole post. What's your reaction to that? Um, my eyes roll all the way to the back of my head and then back again and like maybe a couple more laps because like what what do you what do you want so you said what do you want and I guess I, I don't know the answer to that either the person who goes to Facebook and types whatever f you and then puts that publicly for everyone to see wants something oh, yeah. they want something I don't know what it is and what I wonder is on a podcast about trying to be helpful to other people is honestly, what is helpful in that situation? I don't know if I know. I don't know what the quote right thing or helpful thing to do is for the person who wants something from us as viewers on Facebook who are scrolling through the feed. They want you to do something. Do they want you to post back or a comment that says like, Hell yeah, you know, like, I don't know, what, what do they want? And, and I'm, I, I, I always wish that we have advice for the listeners. I'm not sure I do in this one. My favorite response to that is somebody else who's like, yeah, I'm having a shitty day too. <laughs> and you're like, wait, <laughs> okay, you guys just hang out in this life together. And you're like, okay, I can't, I can't like double tap on that. And at the same moment, not comment when I, you know, see something that is a little bit of a red flag. But I also don't want to feed into it. So, I think, <laughs> yeah, so you said you don't want to feed into it. I think that you have identified the dilemma here, which is 
a part of me is worried that this is something serious that I ought to I ought to pay attention to and respond to, and a part of me is worried this is some behavior that I don't want to reward with a lot of feeding into it with sort of other nonsense. And that seems to be the dilemma. What I will say is I don't really know what to do. I will tell you that I think it depends on the relationship you have with the person who posted it. So if I see a message like, you know, whatever, you're ridiculous, you know, F everybody, and it's from my best friend, I'm going to call my best friend or text my best friend or private message my best friend and say, hey, let's talk. What's going on? I'm worried about you. And if it's from someone I went to elementary school with who I haven't seen in 25 or 30 years, um, maybe I just figure, you know, I assume they have a, a best friend who will check in on them, but it doesn't need to be me. And I, I think that's the concern moment for, for me and for some other people. Um and if you post something that is like a little bit of a cry for help, I'm like, oh man, like uh, I would be very upset if I passed this by and didn't say something and then something happened. And and I, I can't say that I'm always the person to, to jump in and be like, hey, I'm here for you, buddy. I will say, I think, so when I gave the example of, you know, whatever, or I'm so done with this or something like that, my my point here for the podcast was it probably depends on my relationship with the person how I might respond. However, if I see something like goodbye world posted on Facebook, to me, I, I don't think it matters what my relationship is with that person. That seems really scary. So I will separate what we call vague booking, like the vague Facebook yeah. posts from the scary ones. And the scary ones, I will generally respond in some way, not publicly, not as a comment, yeah. um, because it's not about everyone seeing that I'm helpful. I will find some way to contact that person more privately. Now, if it's someone who I don't have their phone number because I'm really not that close to them, you know, you could do a Facebook private message or whatever, but I will usually reach out if it's something that is a scary message. That to me is different than the vague messages that I figure, you know what, you probably have a best friend somewhere who will reach out to you about that. Someone who posts goodbye I worry they don't have a best friend who's going to reach out. And so maybe I will be the only one who says, tell me what you need right now. Um, so let's separate vague from scary. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the other thing for a lot of people is like, who am I to be able to deal with this situation? You know, Kate, obviously, like some people who are, who are listening to this are probably actually really successful and amazing at counseling through these these conversations but some of us don't have a, a clue a single clue like i don't know what to say and i don't know i don't want to exacerbate anything and i don't i don't know like i completely at a loss for for what to do here and i don't want to put myself in the situation where someone's relying on me and my poor knowledge of how to handle a situation like this I know that's kind of again with that like you know how to how to handle when to step in and and also if you have a lot of other things going on like can I really dedicate a couple hours to this um that's not always necessarily the case boundaries right yeah um okay how about something like this all right this is someone you know pretty well this is not like an obscure friend from 30 years ago someone you know pretty well <laughs> someone you know pretty well um, post something like, um, my ex is a deadbeat father who doesn't care about anyone and he's selfish and he only 
pays attention to his new baby mama and they are just you know oh my god I'm, I'm off the top of my head here trash people and and everyone should hate them and you should you know if you see him in the pizza parlor you should get in his face and tell him off this kind of stuff this is not vague this is actually very detailed <laughs> and very dramatic, I would say. Um, I see some people comment with a lot of like, hell yeah, you deserve better and he sucks. And if I see him, I'll give him a piece of my mind. And I also see people say things like, um, you shouldn't speak that way about your ex. That's not nice. And you should do this and you should do that. What's, what's an appropriate way to handle this? Okay, so I know the exact answer for this one. All right, so if you're if this is Facebook, what you're gonna do is a little drop down box on the like the right hand side of it, and you're gonna click that, and you're gonna click on turn on notifications, and then you're gonna go make yourself some popcorn, and you're just gonna just watch the watch the trash fire go. Uh, no, I don't really know, <laughs> but that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. It's like people being like almost exhibitionist and you're like, well, if you want to be an exhibitor, then I will tune in my friend, turn on notifications for this trash fire post. It's not where I thought you were going with that, <laughs> but I, I can't disagree that it is sometimes fun to watch. Um, I, I really only brought this up because I, I want to caution you know, I gave two examples of how people sometimes respond and I want to caution people against both of those because one of them is like you, you appear to be agreeing with and feeding into a story that you know nothing about. You know one person's side to this. Like I, I wouldn't get involved with, yeah, he sucks and he's the worst. Right. You don't really know. You, you don't know all the complications. I'd stay out of it. I also wouldn't get involved with a lot of shaming. Like, no, you shouldn't act this way and you shouldn't be this way. You know what? The person who made that post is not doing well right now. The person who made that post is having a really bad day, no matter what you think about their post. And so I would avoid either of those responses. I wouldn't get involved and agree with something you don't know anything about. And I wouldn't shame a person for making the post. If you want to if you want to follow the post and, and keep up with all the updates, fine. Uh, if you want to ignore it, fine. If you want to send that person a private message and just say, hey, if you need to talk, I'm here. I think those are all options. But I tend to see those two extremes of either I'm with you or I'm not with you. And it's like, this wasn't for you to take a side. Like, this, that's not the purpose of this. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, for real, for real, like, that's a moment where I'm like, okay, who is this person to me? Um, and, and, you know, I think I'm going through a thing in my life where I'm just like, if you have that kind of drama, I don't know anymore. Like, there's some people where I'm like, you're just going through some stuff. Um, and I don't want to disconnect from you, but there are people where I'm like, I, we didn't really have a great connection, you know, when we worked together eight years ago. So let me just hit the unfollow button. Did you know you can do that, listener? Um, if you are not familiar with this, you don't have to subject your feed into anything. You can curate your feed to show what you want to. There's a couple people who I still really value who I have turned off their notifications in my, my feed. So again, that little drop down box, click like unfollow this person. So you can like kind of snooze them for 30 days or just unfollow them altogether. And it's not like you're defriending them. You can go back and be like, you know what? 
um, you know, you, you were trashing your ex that I'm friends with and I ignored that. And now that you're beyond that a little bit, and I've seen you in person, I'm going to turn that back on because I don't think you do that anymore. So that's kind of a nice way to mute that. If you're on Twitter, you can also mute certain things. So you don't have to get that emotional, um, tug. Um, if, if something, you know, especially if something is like really bothersome to you, like, you know, if you're like, okay, I just cannot handle if, um, Martin talks about, um, Hannah's, uh, you know, abuse of their relationship or whatever, you know, cheating, I'm friends with Hannah and I, but I want to maintain my friendship with Martin. So, um, I'm just going to mute it and, uh, Uh, you know, maybe I'll check back later or maybe, you know, it's best if I can just say I never saw those things. So curate your feed as it makes sense for you. And I think that might help with the feeling like I have to feed into this drama or it's like presenting a difficulty for me. I just want to read, I just want to see pictures of, of doggies and stuff on Facebook and not, you know, hear about how your ex is a cheating hoe. Leslie said cheating hoe and then passed the microphone to me. Like, I'm supposed to be the follow-up here. Um, Well, so I'm really glad you brought up unfollowing because I think that is going to be a helpful tool for the the last um, dilemma I'd like to pose here. What happens when you're on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you have a friend who is sharing information that is wrong. It It is, dare I say, fake news <laughs> it is incorrect it, it it's um spreading rumors or lies and maybe you so badly want to hit that little comment button and say this has been disproven this is not based in fact this was produced by russian bots and what are you doing please stop spreading lies check your sources this is completely outrageous what what is a good way to handle those moments? And and listen, there may be many, many good ways. There may be many not so good ways. What I notice is that people end up engaged in a lot of nasty arguments that I can tell they they want to get out of. It's like, how did I get caught up in this Facebook argument that I don't even want to be in? Um, any thoughts about this moment, Leslie? You're taking a lot of deep breaths. Um, yeah, well, you know, I've, I've seen those things and sometimes I just let it scroll. Um, because I, you know, and I think this is, you know, part of in my life there, my time is just at a freaking premium right now. Um, and I, like, I don't have a whole bunch of time to dedicate emotional emotions (laughs) to any, like just anything. So, you know, that could be like a, you know what, not today. Um, the other thing is that, you know, I don't know, sometimes if it's really bothering you, drop that Snopes link and log off. Don't even respond to the thing. Uh, Snopes is a website that does fact checking. So um, a lot of times you'll see like, certainly, uh, especially a contested article um, where it might be fake news. A lot of times you'll see Facebook will put something underneath it. If you're on Facebook, it'll say, oh, this is, this is a, um, a better source for this. Um, so, you know, sometimes I just, you know, especially if no one's commented yet, 
I might like just say, here is this link to an article. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to put the link and hope that that person is like clicks on it and is like, oh, let me uh, delete that. Um, and if that person comes back to you, just like log off for a little bit and, um, you know, don't don't respond maybe so you don't have to get into that. Sometimes it's worth getting into. Yeah, I think when we see information that is blatantly false or is lacking evidence or is spreading lies, oftentimes we feel this real responsibility to make sure that the truth be told. And I respect that. So sometimes when I'm on social media and I see something that I know is spreading a harmful lie, I usually take a deep breath because this is frankly inconvenient it really is like I'm a busy person this is really inconvenient do I have time for this in my day today Mm -hmm. I'm a busy person this is not a convenient thing for me to stumble upon however it feels important so one of the things I'll do is do a little check-in of myself am I in a good place to, to take this on right now and if I am I also then look to see have other people commented maybe they did it already and maybe I don't need to swoop in with my cape and be the hero to save the day maybe somebody else corrected this and I could say thanks other person let's move it along now and I can go about my day and other times it seems like no, maybe it's going to have to be me. And when I feel that way, my approach is to do it privately. I don't drop the article in the public space so that everyone could be like, oh, look, Kate corrected this person. I send that person a private message and I say, hey, saw the thing you posted on Facebook. Some of it was kind of interesting. Some of it I think has... Um, you know, a, a counterpoint that you might find helpful to hear or to read. Uh, I'm just sharing this with you here. And if you ever want to talk about it, let me know. And nine times out of 10, the response I get is usually just the word thanks. So look, I don't know if that means they are saying thanks, but giving me the finger. I don't know if that means they're saying thanks. They don't really want to talk about it because they're embarrassed that they shared false information. I have no idea what the thanks means, but here's what I do know. I did my part. I shared the correct information. I didn't let it go and let lies spread. And I didn't get in a fight publicly on Facebook that led me into nasty arguments and me saying things I don't mean and being a, a, an ugly person. Um, so I feel good about that approach that I'm not trying to embarrass this person who put something on Facebook. It's not about embarrassing them or taking them down or shaming them. It's about me feeling like I, I hope I helped some truth get spread today. Maybe I didn't, but I did the best I could. And that's why you're a better person than I am. Um, that is definitely the right way to handle that. Um, and they probably aren't going to change their mind anyway. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think that's a great way to handle that. My issue with private message is that I feel like it can open up more conversation that I might not be willing to have. Um, So, but maybe that's just, um, like you said, your experience is not that it opens a conversation. They just say thanks and keep it rolling. So that's a learn for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, nine times out of 10, there's always that 10th time, but nine times out of 10, I find I just get thanks. I will tell you, I learned this from someone who did it to me. I put something on Facebook and I used a term that was outdated and I didn't know. I innocently used a word that apparently we don't use anymore. And someone who cares about me and cares about our relationship saw it, sent me a private message. And so I just want to let you know, 
the community that you're talking about prefers this word over that word. And I said, wow, I had no idea. I'm going to fix my post right now. I'll never forget this. I will always remember this. And it felt like it was done with such compassion because I wasn't publicly humiliated. This person gave me the chance to learn something, edit my post quietly, and maybe nobody else even saw the word that I used. And, you know, maybe she was the only one who ever noticed it. I don't know. Um, I like to think she was the only one who saw it because I got the chance to just go fix it quickly. And everybody's better then, you know? And so I, I learned it from her. Quick private message made me feel like, wow, I'm, I'm a better person because of this help that she offered. I don't lie to myself and think that everybody's thankful for my private messages. I'm sure, many of them are not thankful for them. But it, it helps me feel like I'm still acting with integrity and not letting lies spread, but also doing it in a way that doesn't hurt people's feelings. Um, and then, you know, it brings us back to your point, Leslie, about you can always unfollow people. And you mentioned how you wonder if we start to just kind of communicate in our own little silos or bubbles. I worry about that. And that is why I don't unfriend people who disagree with me. When I find that someone on social media is saying a lot of things that are really offensive or hurtful or false, and I'm tempted to say, I don't need this person in my life. My my approach doesn't have to be everyone's, but my approach is, <sighs> unfortunately, I probably do need this person in my life or I wouldn't know that folks like this exist. So I stay friends with the person, but I unfollow them. And what that means in case you're listening and you are not following all of our terminology here, it means that I can go read that person's posts anytime I want but they don't pop up and surprise me. And I like that. I like that I don't get surprised by all of these sort of lies that are, I believe, to be harmful. But if I ever want to know what lies are out there so that I'm aware, I can go to that person's page and for sure they're going to be there. Yeah, you don't have to be in an echo chamber. Um, but knowing you know, how much emotion you want to put into something and how much you want to take out. And I think that's the self-care element. It is. And, you know, it, it, like you, Leslie, it was, it was frankly our last major presidential election that made me realize the bubble I live in. Because I think myself, and, uh, or speaking for myself and for a lot of people in my social circle, we found ourselves really surprised. <laughs> and, um, and if there's one thing I took away from the last major presidential election, it's that I probably need to be outside my bubble a little bit more and that it's good for me. It is good for me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it is good for me. I, I cannot live in a world where I pretend that, you know, there's, there's, that some of these things don't exist. And so I keep or I, I try to keep a, a pretty diverse group of people in my life, and that includes politically. However, when it comes to social media, it's nice when I don't have to be surprised by a lot of things that really hurt, yeah. really hurt. Um, but if I can seek them out and on a day when I feel ready to go read those things, that's a better place for me. Yeah. Okay. What are we talking about? <laughs> Oh, yeah, technologies. We talked about phone calls. We talked about text messages. We talked about social media use. Um, are we still talking about when we're only trying to help? I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think this comes back to those moments where we're only trying to help when you see something and, and you think, oh, let me comment on that because I can be helpful. And what we've been discussing are examples of, of times where that might be helpful, it might not be helpful. Who knows? Or we've rambled for 40 minutes. Um, we'll see. Anything to add, Leslie? <laughs> you know what we need to do? This is the season finale. I just feel like closure, right? We need like a, an acknowledgement that we are now, oh my goodness, 30 episodes into a podcast, um, three seasons, and I know I've learned a lot. I know that um, our, our listeners kick ass. I know that I have goals for the next season. I'm not going to say what they are. I'll be mysterious. I hope we do this for a long time. Any thoughts? I, I think I want to say thank you because where I feel like the more I talk things through, the more I'm like, huh, this, but not this. Um, and I'm, I'm growing as a human too. So, you know, listeners, we're all on the same page here. We're all just trying to help.